So the 10 SMART growth principles are uh, here, and I'm going to go over them one by one, and they are in the packet that we gave you, and we'll talk about them a little bit in, uh, after we go through this section. So the first is to create walkable neighborhoods, whatever that means here, and it's you know, places to walk where you can actually have paths and walkways, places to go to, uh, safe areas, and a mix of uses. You want to take advantage of compact building design so that everything doesn't have to be uh, on a 10,000 square foot lot. People can live closer together, businesses can live close, closer together. Uh, have a mix of land uses where people can work, shop, and live all within walking distance. Uh, create a range of housing opportunities, and this is one of the questions that we've had of what some communities have done to, to start this, and I'll talk a little bit more about that, but, but really uh, filling in that missing middle between single family, large single family subdivisions and, and just apartment complexes that really figuring out how to do some of the development in between those two. And then strengthening uh, direct development towards existing communities. This is Baltimore, and they, uh, re, they kind of dredged that uh, river and created a place there where uh, used that as a way to bring in housing and retail and reinvest in, in that area. Now it's an incredibly, the waterfront in Baltimore is, and lots of people live there. Great uh, place to go and is known throughout the, the world. And this is, San Antonio. It's a, has a, that distinct sense of, so I love that you brought that up when you did, that it has a real distinct sense of place with that waterfront. A lot of people, that actually was just a drainage ditch, and, and uh, so they really made something of their drainage needs, and, and it has built up and kept on growing, and people come from all over the world to see that. So what is it about our communities that people will want to come and see, and what can we enhance and build on and really create that sense of place so uh, people around the world know that it's a place to be. And then the seventh principle is preserving open space, farmland, natural beauty, and environmental areas. And I know you have a lot of farmland in the, in the state, and it's important not to encroach on that uh, development, but it's also important for people to have places to go and, and be with nature, have recreational areas and places to walk, really uh, get out of those urban areas and have a different experience. And then the eighth is to provide a variety of transportation choices, and that's anything from uh, cars and bikes, uh, um, transit, and Uber, making sure that you can do get around. There's the, a lot of the transit that exists around the country. You can't get that last mile, so people are trying to figure out how to once you get you off that station. I know there's a BRT issue here that uh, those often will drive development, and and I drove some of that um, roadway there, and it looks like a great area to to have a alternative type of transportation to start attracting some of the people that you want to retain here for for works and really connect up some some important employment centers. So from a I don't know I know there's issues and I don't know what they all are, but from a smart growth issue, looking at economic development and uh, that would be a, a, a very important. Um, way to pursue some of these issues.
And then um, if you look at, I, I drilled down a little bit on the transportation here, just knowing that there's, there's some discussion about it, but uh, complete streets are what is kind of a movement to start making, when people are going to be fixing their streets anyway, making sure that you look and see if there's a way that you could put people and bicycles on it in a safe way, and really making sure that it's at least considered in your, your repaving or rebuilding of streets. So this is an example that's been around for a long time, but it really shows you that, that it, you can put 48 people in cars on your road and it would look like this. Um, if you put them on uh, transit, or in the cars, this is what they look like. If you put them on transit, this is what your road will look like. And so you get a lot more capacity and it frees up your congestion. If you put them on bikes and walking, so, it, it, in addition to providing an alternative, it also gives you more capacity on the roadways that you have now so that you can continue to grow and accommodate that additional growth. So the ninth principle is to make development decisions predictable, fair, and cost-effective. And I would add in to make sure they're updated so that you can do what, what is the community really wants to have built. Uh, in, in Dallas, you can build, you can pretty much anywhere in the city come in and build a real big box store with no, uh, hardly any review at all. But if you want to do a mixed use, walkable community, it might take a year or two to get that through the process. Just because the re regulations are harder, that it's not what people have done. So uh, you really need to look at your regulations and make sure that you can do what you want to do. And then encourage community and stakeholder engagement in the development decisions. That it's real important to make sure that the people that are making the decisions understand what the community wants and that, uh, that you understand the, that what the community wants. So I always encourage people who are members of your association to make sure you get involved when there's a comprehensive plan or a small area plan or any kind of planning activity or get on a planning board because uh, it's really important to have the voice uh, of th this group on those decisions.